Happy New Year. Good to see you. Um, man, I was looking, I was Googling last night, uh, the top 10 New Year resolutions. Number one is improving diet. How many of y'all said that? That's your resolution. You want to pursue a career or ambition? 22% want us to do that. Uh, 18% they want to spend more time with family. 14% want to take up a new hobby. This is good. This is all of us who do this. 13% want to spend less time on social media. Some of you want to quit smoking. Not in here. We're talking about the world. Uh, some of you want to decorate or renovate your home. That's 10%. 10% want to volunteer and help with charities. Uh, 4% want to cut down on their drinking. No problem here, but hey. Uh, some of them, 2% just want to quit drinking entirely. And 14% something else. I don't know what something else means. We're a really confused generation. Phil Collins actually sang a song, This is the Land of Confusion. Man, and if, if, that ever, if there's ever a song that sums up our world right now, that's it. This is a land of confusion. I mean, there were, there were almost, the third highest one was something else. They don't even know what it is. They just want to do something else. They don't even know what it is. They don't know what the resolution is, but it's something else. But there is nothing wrong with resolutions. I want to tell you that. Goals are ways to do better in our lives. I always find it funny that we wait until a calendar to start, don't we? We wait until January 1st or January 2nd or January 3rd to start something. And the, the cool thing is you can start wherever you are, whenever you are no matter what day of the week it is, no matter what month of the year it is. But we'll, uh, we'll use January for that moment. We're here. We're in a new year. I'm just guilty as the next person. I challenge you to make realistic goals, realistic resolution. Don't have 10. I'll be the first to tell you, if you've got 10, you go way, you've got about eight too many, if I'm being honest. If you've got 10 resolutions on your mind or written down on your phone or on your refrigerator, you have eight too many. You need to get two that you can realistically meet. And attacking with everything you got, all right? Attacking with everything you got. Um, so let's turn to our Bibles to Acts, Acts chapter 4. Let's jump into the Word, our first uh, message, 2022 here at Living Faith. want to challenge you, want to encourage you, want to exhort you, want to pump you up, and want to push you out into this world to change it. Acts chapter 4, beginning at verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed, done to a crippled man, by what means is this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. I, I find it pretty, when I read this in Acts, Peter is, is on trial. I mean, basically he's in before the religious leaders and they're, they're, they're asking a bunch of questions. And Peter lets them know, you crucified this guy. You're asking what name we did this in or what power we, did, we raised this man. And we'll get that in Acts chapter 3. We did it in the name of Jesus, the one you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is a stone was rejected by you. Huh, that's powerful. The builders. You built the temple. You built the structure. You rejected the stone, is what he's telling them. You rejected it, which has become the cornerstone. The very thing that you rejected is now the very thing the church is being built on, is what Peter was saying. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given by men which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men that were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this 
new year, a new opportunity, a fresh start. And Lord, I, I, I pray we are able to be encouraged today. I pray we're going to be challenged today. I pray we're going to be uh, filled with energy and life and passion and faith as we step into 2022. And may we be kingdom-building people that's going to bring revival to our planet. So bless this word in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. The title of the message is simply called, I'm Still Standing. I'm still standing. Uh, uh, uh. Elton John, right? It's about a breakup and, you know, he's still standing even after the breakup. But I, I'm still standing. How many of you are still standing? Not literally, most of you are sitting. But you know what? You're here. You're here today. Let me give you a little backstory real quick. What's happening here in Acts chapter 4 is actually took place, began in Acts chapter 3 in the beautiful gate when Peter and John are, are walking into the beautiful gate and that man who has been sitting there for over 40 years with his cup, he's asking for alms and, Peter's, and Peter and John says, silver and gold we don't have, but I'll, have, I'll give you what we have. I'll give you all we got and all we got's Jesus. And, and what's amazing about that story is the Bible says that Peter looked at him. Peter grabbed him and says, look at me, focus on me. He said, I'm going to give you what we have, and I'm going to give you Jesus Christ. And then he reached out his hand and says, walk. Stand up and walk. And because of that moment in time, the religious leaders got very angry. They started asking a lot of questions. How did you do this? Why did you do this? Who gave you the power to do this? And that's where we pick up an axe. And they were asking Peter, how did you do this in chapter 4? What power? What name? Peter responds that it's all about Jesus in verses 9 through 12 of Acts chapter 4. You crucified him. God raised him from the dead. The one you rejected is now what the church is going to be built on. He is the cornerstone. You want to know how we did this? We did this in the name of Jesus Christ and no one else. Uneducated, they said. They looked at them and said, these are uneducated, common men. Common men. But they saw one thing, that they had been with Jesus if you get nothing else out of 2022, I want you to know that if you're with Jesus, good things happen. You may be uneducated, you may look common to the, to, the, to the natural eye, but when you've been with Jesus, things happen. Miracles happen in Jesus' presence. And, and, verse four, and the fourth point I wanted to point out here as we jump in, I'm still standing, is I've, I've always missed this verse until this week. And they said the man who was healed was standing beside them. They were being challenged, they were being questioned, they were being asked. And then when they saw the guy who had been healed at the beautiful gate, verse 14 says there was nothing else they could say. They had no opposition. Why? Because he was still standing. He was still standing. The one they raised from, the one that put his mat on his back, the one who became the first pew jumper in the church, the Bible says he went running and leaping and praising God into the sanctuary. In verse chapter 4, he was still standing. They had no opposition. There was nothing they could say. And in church, I want to tell you this morning, as we step into 2022, you're still here, you're still standing. The world may question you, the world may doubt, they may well, how did he make it or how did she survive? I don't know, but I, I have no opposition. Why? Because you're still standing. You're still standing. Just as that man in verse 14, there was not much they could say, but he was standing right there. They could not offer any opposition because he was still standing. They had questions, they had doubts, but they were all answered because the man was still standing. 2021 is now behind us. What transpired, good, bad, or indifferent, is now in the past. We cannot change it, can't alter it, can't go back and start over. It's kind of like one of those solder entertainment centers. 
How many of you ever put one of those solder entertainment centers together? The fake wood stuff, right? 170,000 screws and 475 nails, 75-page manual, right? They almost need a, a, a how to build a solder entertainment for dummies book, right? And I've built many of them in my time. We, got them, we get them because they're cheap, let's be honest. And we get them because they're in a box. We get them where they want to go and we can assemble them. But how many of you have ever got to a point and you still had three screws left? Kelly walks up and says, hey, what are these for? No idea. <laughs> then you look back and it was step three, right? 97 steps. You ever try to take one of those things apart? Oh, it just, it's particle board, folks. It breaks. And that's what happens sometimes when we, in our lives. We, we keep trying to go back. And you can't fix it. You can't fix what was there in the past. I don't know if it was good. I don't know if it was bad. I don't know if it was worth celebrating. I don't know if it was worth running from. But it's no longer here. And I want you to move on from it. I challenge you to move on from it. I want you to start this year fresh. I want you to tell yourself, I'm still standing. I may be wobbling. My knees may be hurting. My back may be hurting. I may have scars all over me. But guess what? I'm still standing. If that's the only testimony I have from 2021, I'm still here. That's good enough for today. And that's good enough for today. It's good enough. Maybe the relationship didn't work out, but it did not destroy you. The dream job turned into a nightmare, but it did not defeat you. The goals were scrapped 10 days into 2021. But guess what? You've got a new chance, and you're still standing today. The things that happened last year were not ideal. You would have chosen a different outcome, probably, in most situations. You would have chosen a different result. But you now know that no matter what the storm, no matter the wind, no matter how loud it was, you're still standing today. You're still standing. No matter how many tears you cried or how many screams into a dark sky. And you ask, is anybody there? Guess what? You're still standing. You're still here. You may be weak. You may be tired. You may be aggravated. But guess what? You are still here. You're still here, just like Rocky Balboa, Kevin preached on this a few years ago. Uh, but the Rocky movies, I love Rocky movies. They, they just had a Rocky marathon on stars. For some reason, they put them all on at 10 o'clock at night. And here you are at 3 a.m. watching Rocky. And Man, that guy got beat like nobody should ever got beat. But you know what? He got up every time. He was wobbly. He took a beating. But you know what? He got up. At the end, he was still standing. I just watched the, the, the one of the latest ones where he is like 100 years old and he wants to fight the new champion. Y'all seen that one? He fights the new champion. I mean, he looks 100 years old in the movie when he's fighting this guy. And it comes to a, 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 he lost, but he actually won. But, and, and Rocky just takes a beating. You know what? Maybe your life is like a Rocky movie. Maybe you have just been beating and taking a beating and taking a beating and taking a beating. But guess what? You're still standing. You're still here. I want to celebrate that today. I'm not celebrating what happened. I'm celebrating that you are still here. You're still here today. If that's your only testimony, if that's your only song, if that's all you can celebrate today, you're still here. You're still here, and you're still standing. Your knees may be wobbly. Your back, your back may be hurting. Your body might be sore. But here you are, standing. There's nothing that the opposition can say because you're still here. You're still here. So church, I encourage you today. A new year is here. Maybe you're a long way from the new you. Maybe you're a long way from the person you want to be. But you're still standing. You may have scars. You may have been battle tested. 
but you're still here. As you enter 2022, I want you to know your present circumstances do not determine where you can go. They don't determine where you're going. They're just determining where you're starting from. They're just determining where you're starting from. Right? I don't know where you've been. I don't know how battle-tested you are. I don't know how good or bad the situation's been. But I can tell you right now, your present circumstance says, this is where I start. This is where I start. I'm starting right here. And I'm starting today. This is your starting point, not your ending point. And move on from that moment in time. The good news about 2022 is, is we all now have the experience on our resume of 2021, right? <laughs> I've got experience now. Man, it may not have been a good experience, but i got experience. I don't have to go into a new year or a new opportunity or to new chances or new choices without experience. I now have experience on my side. I just hired some people. Actually, I just hired Pastor Mark. A lot of people don't know that. I hired him a few months ago. Uh, he now works uh, for my group. And I got about 30 applications. And a lot of them didn't have experience. <laughs> I mean, you get the resume and like, eh, that's pretty. That's a nice, uh, no experience, right? And experience is critical. Critical. That's what helped Pastor Mark. He had more experience than anybody else that applied for the position, right? And guess what? When I have experience of 2021 and 2020, and all the way to 19, I got 50 years of experience right now in my resume. And guess what? That is experiences educate me and motivate me oh man don't do that i tell little kids all the time there's little kids in my neighborhood that ride bicycles without shoes on i say hey man don't do that how come i'll tell you a story all right let me tell you a story when little don kinder was riding on gravel with no shirt no shoes and i wrecked all right experience says don't do that you can get hurt all right you now have experience on your side and run in to 2022. So 2022, ready or not, here we come. That'll be your attitude. That'll be your attitude today. 20 or 22, ready or not, here I come. Here we go. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do this. So I want you to understand that the good news is you, don't, you have experience now. 22 is not, 2022 is not about maintaining where you are. The good news is it's still the same you and you have the experience to move on past what you've been trying to maintain. So here's four things, four things, I think, five things I have that I want to share with you about 2022 as we enter into it and how we as a church and how we as individuals and how we as Christians need to attack 2022. And I use the word attack because if you don't attack it, it will attack you. If you sit back, you know, I, I've coached a lot of baseball. Uh, Caleb is now the middle school baseball coach at the West Side. I'll probably be coaching some more baseball this spring. And I would always tell kids, when you sit there and wait on the ball, you'll get played every time. <laughs> you teach a shortstop, you teach a second baseman, you teach a third baseman, you teach a first baseman to charge. Go get the ball. Go get the ball. Because when you wait, all it's waiting for is another pebble, another stone, another blade of grass to go. Right? And do you know what happens to that? Then the kid dives like he made effort. Ball's already in center field. No, man, you make effort. You just made your mom wash your clothes. That's all you did. That ball's already passed. There's no reason to get dirty now. In the same way in life, if you, if you just sit back and wait for, for it to come to you, guess what? It's going to take a bad hop. Right? Okay, have you ever had a bad hop to your nose? Broke it. <laughs> I, I never missed a baseball game, ever. It was junior league. We were grilling hamburgers downstairs on a Wednesday night. 
I went down there, it was grilling burgers. Game started at 6 o'clock. I got a call at 6.02. 6.02. Second pitch of the game. Kate, I've got a chopper right there. Hey, Don, we can't get to quit bleeding. <laughs> so guess what? Don Costin had to finish the burgers. I apologize. I never did apologize. It's been a long time ago. Uh, that's 12 years ago. Uh, but man, when you wait on life, guess what? You might take one in the face. Go get it. Attack it. And let, I want you to be in attack mode this year. I want you to be in attack mode. So number one, we need to be an intentional Christian in 2022. You want to be successful? We need to be a Christian intentionally. Intentional. You look it up. I'm from Sherman. Sherman High School. They taught me to use a dictionary. I can't say words. I can spell. I am a good speller. Uh, but I, 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 don't, I can't say them. Uh, and I usually don't know what they mean. But I, I can look them up and figure it out. Uh, so if you notice, in most of my sermons, I define words because I love using a dictionary. Intentional means done on purpose. Deliberate. Christian means relating to or professing Christ. So you put the two together and you get a relationship with Christ done on purpose. A relationship with Christ done on purpose. Intentional. Intentional fouls in basketball can make a, a, a two-hour basketball game last two and, a half, two and a half hours, right? But you ever notice that? The first 38 minutes take an hour and 40 minutes to play. The last two minutes of the basketball game take 90 minutes because they're, they're just fouling people. Now, if you're fouling West Virginia, I don't blame you because we can't make foul shots, right? No, we got to be ahead to get fouled, right, Jimmy? we got to be ahead to get fouled. But I'll never forget, uh, growing up, I was playing, we were playing Dunbar. Uh, I was a sophomore in high school at Sherman. I just wanted to watch Sherman this week. Uh, hung out with Ryan and Lena. Uh, went watch, actually, I watched a bunch of kids stand in front of me. I couldn't watch. Um, they were standing. They're still standing, probably, over in the gym. And, and we, I'll never forget, we were playing Dunbar. It was a JV game. And uh, this, this kid went away on a breakaway layup. And Scott Petrie, who's now a state trooper, um, literally, he was a football player playing basketball. And the kid went up for a layup, and Scott tackled him. I mean, just tackled him. Kid missed a layup. Intentional foul, right? He did it on purpose. He fouled him on purpose. And you know what? If you want to live for Christ, I challenge you to do it on purpose. Do it intentionally. Do it on purpose. If you want to attack 2022, you need to do it intentionally. Do it on purpose. Every aspect of our faith is done intentionally. It has to be done intentionally. Living for Christ is more than a prayer. It's more than attending church. If it starts with a relationship, it's got to start with a relationship. In John chapter 3, the Bible says Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. Right? A lot of people, why did he come at night? I'll tell you why he came at night. He didn't want to be seen. He didn't want to be seen. He was a religious leader. He didn't want to be seen with Jesus. So he came at night. <laughs> when all the lights were turned off except Motel 6, Nicodemus came. And the, and, and the greatest sermon ever preached was preached to one man. I want you to ponder that. Not a thousand people, not ten thousand people, not this large crusade. Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, you must be born again. One person got the greatest message ever preached. You must be born again. And, and Nicodemus asked, you mean I must go into my mother's womb and be rebirthed? And Jesus said, no, this is, this is spiritual. This is heavenly. This is divine. This is miraculous. That moment, at that moment, it was all about relationship. It was all about a relationship. We all think we're missing something. And Jesus said, I'm what you're missing. I'm what you're missing. 
We've all been there. We've all been at a point in our lives where we needed something more. We knew something was missing. And here isn't our problem. We have the salvation moment, but what has happened since that moment in time? What has taken place since that? I, I, I grew up in an old country church, and there were people I could pray. I, could, I won't say names, but I, could, I can still hear testimonies where people knew exactly where they knelt and prayed and received Jesus Christ, which I think is amazing. I was saved in Morning Star Baptist Church. I could almost take you to the altar spot just because it wasn't a very big altar. Uh, I have a pretty good idea where I was. I can tell you what song they were singing. They were singing Just As I Am. I can tell you, as I told you before, I was flirting with the girl. I had no intentions to listen to the message. And then something cold and shivering came over me, and God called me. And next thing you know, I'm at an altar of prayer. But I have nothing with, wrong with you remembering exactly where you knelt. My problem is, what have you done since you got up? Can you tell me what you've done since you got up? Can you tell me your story since you got off your knees and began living a life? Are you doing it on purpose? Are you doing it intentionally? And I'm not minimizing that moment in time. Trust me, I'm not minimizing that. I'm asking the question, what are you doing about it? What are you doing with what you have? What are you doing with what you have? The church is not about disinfecting Christians. That's not what we're here for. This isn't come and get Lysol. That's not what we're here. I'm not here to disinfect you. You've already been disinfected when Jesus came into your heart and saved your life. You've been covered with the blood of Jesus. Washed in the blood of the Lamb. We're not here to disinfect you. You know, we're the only organization on the planet that defines success by what we don't do. Aren't we? I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't chew. I don't run around with girls who do. Right? <laughs> Am I right? We're the only organization in the world that we just, we're, we're good because what we don't do. Man, I want to be known for what I'm doing. I want to do it intentionally. I want to do it on purpose. In the 2022, I want to live a life on purpose for Jesus Christ. I want to be known for what, I want living faith to be known for what we're doing, not what we're not doing. We're not here to disinfect you. Holiness is not defined by what we don't do, but what we do for Christ. Yes, we must live lives that are holy. It's a prerequisite of heaven. We read that in Scripture. But we must long justify us by what we don't do. I would rather be known for what I'm doing to further the kingdom of God. Church is a place where we learn to make disciples. We build a network or community that impacts around us. That's our job, impacting those around us, not disinfecting you when you show up. This isn't a cow gone bad, right? We're here to motivate and inspire and push you out the door to change the world. God does not save us in this place in a safe deposit box. This isn't a safe deposit box, folks. This is a place to be fed. This is the locker room, right? This is the place we learn and we go out and do life. He saved us and then commanded us to change the planet. Is what he commanded us to do. How do we change the planet? Everything we do in our relationships with Christ should be intentional. Our worship should be intentional. Worship's more than a song, right? Let's be honest here for a second. I love to worship. LFC loves to worship. I do. I love to sing to my Savior, my Creator, my King. But do we do it intentionally? 
but because someone's leading us. Or because it's just that time of the service. I mean, if we got the worship team up here right now, would y'all freak out? I don't think you would. I, I know churches that would. What are we doing? They're supposed to take up the offering right now. They ain't supposed to be singing. Right? We're not like that here. But our worship has to be more than a song. It's got to be more than a song. We should worship intentionally every single day of our lives. Worship is more than a song or a band. You don't need someone to lead you into worship. It should be naturally. Our giving should be intentional. Our prayer life should be intentional. Our, our lives should be lives of service. And we do those intentionally. Our studying of God's word needs to be intentional. We need to have a cop and attitude. Everyone does it on this planet, don't they? They all cop attitudes. I don't have hair to sling anymore. I want you to cop an attitude when you worship. I want you to cop an attitude when you open God's word. I want you to cop an attitude when you show up in this place on Sunday morning and Wednesday night to learn and be taught and then to go out there and make a difference in the world around us. Live intentionally. Number two, you have to create a new normal for the old normal's not working. Isaiah 29, 13 says this. And the Lord said, Because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. Wow. That's the church universal. They're taught to fear God. They're told to fear God. They give lip service. They sing because they're told to. They read because they're told to, not because they have a relationship. We need a new normal. In 2022, you need to change your normal. You need to change your normal. I would imagine here as we read in Isaiah, that's, that's what God felt about people in Isaiah's time. I would imagine it's not much different today. I'm just guessing. We're normal people. We spend our time and our money like normal people. We behave like normal people. We have the same problems in our marriages, in our lives as normal people. Do you know the divorce rate in the church is the same as that of the world? You know that? It's the same. Normal's not working, folks. It's not working. This, this average, this status quo, let's just flow. Let's go with the flow. It's not working. We're called to be different, not normal. God didn't say you're a, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a normal people. No, he said you're peculiar. You're strange. Not fruit loops, not lucky charms. Strange is in not different we're different we're called to be different normal is not working in our world or the church let us quit trying to be like everybody else let's see what ephesians chapter 5 says to us look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil i'm gonna stop here real quick doesn't mean you should speed right this isn't the king james says redeeming the time for the days are evil some of you take that as you can do 80 on the interstate Blue light special. You can do the 80 on the interstate. It's a blue light special. Making the best use of the days because the days are evil. Verse 17. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what is the will of the Lord is for your life. He wants you to live intentionally for him. He wants you to live on purpose for him. And your normal isn't working. Let's make the necessary choices to get us out of the rut we're in. And let's be honest, if small changes would have made the difference, we'd have already made them. Right? 
If we had just a little tweak, we'd already made that one little tweak. Sometimes it takes big choices. Sometimes it takes big changes. Because normal isn't working. To live an intentional Christian life, we must realize normal is not working. We need to try something else. If you keep making the same choices, you're probably going to get the same results. We need to create a new normal. I challenge you in 2022 to make a new normal. Everybody pick up their phones. Yes, I'm giving you permission right now. Pick up your phone. We spend more time on these things than we ever want to admit. They actually tracks us now, right? I think Mikey talked about it last week, how much screen time we have. Uh, my work phone gets very rarely screen time. I mean, it's had like 26 minutes all week. It feels really good. Uh, but, man, these phones are, have become, I mean, everything at our, is at our fingertips. I mean, this is a, uh, I think this is a 64-megabyte phone, right? My first computer was an IBM PC Junior in 1985. My stepfather paid $2,500. It had a basic cartridge and a five and a quarter inch floppy drive. It had 128K, is all it had. The whole computer had 128K. And that was considered big and massive. These are now computers. And I see you on these things, and some of you have your settings. A really bright screen. My wife, my wife, I look at her phone. She said, look at this. I can't even see it because the screen's so dark. Right? I'm a bright, how many of you are bright screen people? How many of you are dark screen people? How many of you are just dark? I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? And, and we get on this thing and we, whoa, and she'll get my phone. I can't see. It's too bright. And she immediately changes the settings on my phone to, to where it's better for her eyes. And then some of you have your phone on silent all the time. How many of you are always a silent vibrate type? Right? How many of you are as loud as it'll play, this is my fight song, ringtone? Right? <laughs> right? Some of you got your, some of you, some of us, some of you, you want us to know what your theme song is. This is my fight song, take back my life song. Right? Some of you don't even answer your phone because you want to hear it sing. Right? But you know what? We get on these things and we change the settings. We calibrate them for us. What we like. The loudness, the brightness, all that's right here. I challenge you to change the settings in your life. Maybe you're not loud enough. Maybe you're not bright enough. But guess what? You're the only one that can change the settings. Because you're the one that has the passcode. It's your face that recognizes. I can't change your settings, Pastor Frank. I would tell you to eat seven hot dogs, not six. I can't change your settings. Only you can change your settings because it's your face that opens up the phone. So I challenge you to create a new normal. You've got to change your settings. Not just in your phone, but in your life. Amen. Number three, build a community of hope. Living Faith Church has been brought together from a different backgrounds, having journeyed through different struggles. We find ourselves joined together as one body of Christ. We all have purpose in this church. How many of you got your puzzle piece? Anybody got your puzzle piece? Raise it up. How many of you didn't get a puzzle piece? We got more puzzle pieces there at each doorway. I want you to get a puzzle piece before you leave. So I bought last night at Five Below. For five dollars, 
should have went to Dollar Tree. Uh, a 500-piece puzzle of Australia. I don't know why Australia. It's all he had. It was either that or Paw Patrol. <laughs> and Paw Patrol was only like 12 pieces. I had about like 50 of those. Um, so this little piece represents every one of us. We're all just one piece of living faith. One small piece. And for us to build a community of hope, we all have to bring our pieces every Sunday and assemble them together so we can make a difference in our world. Individually, we don't look like much. But collectively and together, we're a beautiful picture. We're life-changing. We're life-altering. Some of you said, I don't, mine don't have a number. Carol told me she didn't have a number on hers. I'm going to write a number on yours, Carol. Number two, because I'm number one. Just kidding. I want you to know you're all important. You all have value. You all bring something to the table. No matter what your roles are, no matter what your responsibilities are, you're a very important part of a community of hope called Living Faith. So I challenge you to glue this on your phone. Glue it on your Bible. I want you to carry it everywhere you go. I want you to know that you're a part of a community of hope. And if we're going to make 2022 great in our lives, it's going to take us working together as a church to change the world forever. So if you didn't get a piece, there's puzzle pieces in both ends on the way out the door. It's not that we don't like you. You just got here late. I'm just being honest. <laughs> we tried to pass them out. We did. I want you to know you're one part and one piece of this puzzle. Meaning is found in community, not individualism. And I want you to know Living Faith Church needs us all to bring our peace every single day to the table. we got to complete the picture. God's primary agent to reach the planet is the church. And we need to help. We need you to help us create a community of hope, a safe place that we can come and be encouraged. And I do want to encourage you today in, in the year 2021, Living Faith Church, we were able to give $32,000 to other ministries across the world. Right down the street, India, Africa, Israel, South America, Kanoa Valley, Upper Kanoa Valley, Lower Kanoa Valley, you name it. We've given to daycares, we've given to other churches, we've given to other ministries. $32,000. We tithe off of everything we bring in in this church. 10%. And we gave that to the world around us. We, get, we, were able to help over, we were able to help families with over $5,000 this year. We were paying electric bills and gas bills and water bills. We gave over $3,000 away at Christmas due to your buying cake auctions, right? I mean, that cake auction was awesome. How many of you were at the cake auction that night? We had 24 cookies go for $200. True story. The real story is, the real story about that is Cameron Boggs bought them and his mom made them. Cameron only had $50. He looked at Greg and said, you want to go in with me? <laughs> and before Greg could say yes, Cameron went, 200 <laughs> Cameron's not here today, but 50 and 150 ain't going in with you, Cameron. <laughs> right? That's fuzzy math. <laughs> but we were able to bless families at Christmas. Um, we had a, a, a burden to help widows and singles in the church. 
and we gave in widowers and we gave you a blanket and a card to say thank you and to let you know we're thinking of you. We're a community of hope. We gave over $5,500 in scholarships, college scholarships this year so far at Living Faith Church. We've been doing that now for about 25 years. We're setting a little over $50,000 we've given in college scholarships in the last 25 years. I can't think of another church in, in the United States that's probably given that much for as small as we are. I don't know of any church that just gives scholarships like we do. You get a B, we'll give you a scholarship almost. Uh, almost. Speaking of scholarship, if you haven't turned your grades in, you ain't getting your money until you do uh, for the second semester. Uh, so, so Sharon does need your grades. And I want to thank Bob Clark and his, his treasury team that, that sits back in that office and pays all our bills and handles all our money, so it takes a lot of pressure off of us. So, so Bob, thank you and Sharon and Amanda for, for managing the finances at Living Faith Church. We thank you um, for everything you do. It's one piece of the puzzle. But it's a big piece, Bob. It's a really big piece. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, but we want to we wanna continue. And I want you to know those scholarships, we put out doctors and ultrasound techs. We put out nurses and counselors and school teachers. I mean, there's been a lot of really awesome, skilled people that's came through these scholarship programs that are now out in the world making a difference in the world around us. And it all started because of a community of hope found here at Living Faith Church. A small little piece of the puzzle to build a community of hope. So I encourage you, bring your peace. And let's worship, let's do life, and let's change the world. Amen. Let's change the world. If we're going to change our communities, it will be because we gave ourselves to the cause of Christ. I love the story of the older gentleman walking down the beach. <laughs> and this high tide had brought in all these starfish. This little six-year-old boy is grabbing starfish and throwing them back in the ocean. That old man says, you're not going to make a difference. There's too many of them. That little boy picked up a starfish, threw it in the ocean, made a difference in that one, didn't I? Picked up another starfish, made a difference in his life. Picked up another starfish, I made a difference in his life. Don't allow the naysayers to tell you we can't make a difference. Because we can. Don't let them tell us there's too many. Because it doesn't matter. If we want to reach one, we've done our job. Jesus left the 99 to go get one. I want to be like that little boy. I don't want to hear what that old man has to say. I want to pick up that starfish and say, I changed that one's life. It's going to take a community of hope, and it takes us working together. So bring your peace, and let's build something in Jesus' name. Number four, the last point, we're receivers and reproducers. Be a receiver and a reproducer. We, by nature, are receivers. We like to receive. Our default setting is self-centered. Let's be honest. I have a t-shirt at home. I wear at Christmas. It said, this guy likes gifts. He's got the two thumbs pointing at me. What can I get out of it? That's our mindset, isn't it? That's not normal. I'll tell you that. That's a non-community hope setting. But we are now not normal. We are in a community of hope that now has a default setting that we receive and reproduce. Jesus spent three and a half years of ministry. Investing in the 12 men. 12. The disciples is what we call them. Three and a half years he invested in them and taught them and instructed them and corrected them and corrected them and corrected them. 
He spent time investing in them. And then in Matthew chapter 28, when he, when he transcended into heaven, he looked back to those 12. He says, go reproduce now. You've received for the last three and a half years. Go reproduce, is what he told them. Now, I know the Great Commission says more than that. But he basically was saying, go reproduce. Make more disciples. Take what I've taught you. Take what I've invested in you. Change the world. And change the world. And I want us to have that same mentality. I don't want you to just come here to receive. But when we leave, I want you to go out there and reproduce. I want the world to see Jesus. Once you know him, you no longer ask, what is he saying? You now are saying, what shall I do? I'm going to read that one more time. Once you truly know him, you no longer ask, what's he saying? You now are saying, what shall I do? When you know Jesus, you're no longer asking, what's God saying? You're just doing. Because he's speaking all the time. Because you're part of a community of hope. You have a new normal. You're living an intentional, on-purpose life for Christ. You don't have to ask what he's saying anymore. Just go do. And we did that this year. We went out, and, and, and when I preached that leaving the locker room sermon, we had a, Pastor Mark and I had a, had a burden, had a passion, had a desire to go out in our community and make a difference. We gave almost 400 service hours to the town of Marmette this summer. 400 hours. That's 10 weeks for one full-time employee. Put that in perspective. Ten weeks of one full-time guy that didn't, we took that burden off of them so they could spend their time on something else. That's what we do. We no longer ask, what? We just go, whatever it takes. We're going to do that again this spring. I encourage you to get plugged in. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to change the world by mowing grass. People were noticing it. People were impacted by it. Did anybody come to Christ? I don't know. But I can tell you the guy that was over the town... He had just got saved, and we stepped in about three weeks later, and he said he's never seen so much love. He's never seen that before. I want to be real. I want to be real. Since we're all still standing, I'm challenging you to live your life intentionally, specifically audaciously for Christ. Leave normal behind and dive into a community of hope and start reproducing. You and I only live so much time on this planet. During these years, we are bombarded with temporary, aren't we? Make money, get stuff, be comfortable, live well, have fun. In the middle of all, we get blinded by the eternal. But I assure you, eternity is there. It is there. One day, we will all stand before God to give an account. And when that day comes, I'm sure we'll not wish we had more money. I'm sure we'll not wish we'd acquired more stuff. I'm sure that day won't come. I wish I would have taken more vacations. And I have nothing against stuff. I have nothing against vacations. I promise you that. But when that day comes, I'm sure we'll wish we'd given more of ourselves to the world around us. I preached a message back in 2007. Falling down is easy. Getting up is the hard part. Right? It's easy to fall down. Getting up's hard unless you fall down. I want to encourage you today that falling is not the end of your story. Maybe in 2021 you fail. It's not the end of your story. It's not the end of the story. Failure isn't final. The man was, was, was buried in an axe head to help build a church. And, and the Bible says he was swinging it to get wood, and the axe head fell into the river and sunk. And he goes to the prophet. He said, alas, my master, it's borrowed. In other words, it's not even mine. And the prophet said, where did you lose it? 
He made him go point it out right there. And the Bible says the axe head float. He said, now go get it. That's the point you're missing the story. We see the miracle that the axe head floated, but the prophet looked at the man and said, no, go, go get what you lost. And that's what God is asking you today. Maybe you failed. It's time to get back up. It's not the end of your story. It's not the end of your story. So church, let's do 2022 together. Let's set individual goals. Let's set some LFC goals to change us as individuals and change our communities to change the world. Let's be a weeble wobble in 2022. Y'all remember weeble wobbles? How many of you remember weeble wobbles? Can y'all sing the song? They weeble and they wobble and they don't fall down, right? Y'all remember weeble wobbles? It was a really heavy based weighted toy and no matter how you hit it, it just goes, it would just sway because it was a weeble wobble. And you know what church, you may weeble and you may wobble, but you don't have to fall down. Amen. When you have Christ at the center of your life, allow him to solidify the very base of who you are. He's the base of your base. Allow him to solidify that. Let's be weeble wobbles in 2022. Yeah, it's going to win. It's going to rain. But guess what? We don't have to fall down. We don't have to fall down. Remember, your present circumstances do not determine where you can go. They just determine where you're starting from. Let us pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you that we are still standing. In a world of desperation, in a world that needs hope, let us be that hope. Let us be that voice. Let us be that encouragement. Let us be that song. Let us be that word. Let us be that prayer. Help us change the world. Lord, first change us. Change us from the inside out. May we live for you intentionally. May we change our settings. May we create and be part of a community of hope. And may we reproduce to the world around us. In Jesus' name.